We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits it again. Memories have been made. Caliburn, a deep three for the lead. And baby! Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits the three and the wins the In 49 states... It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake, shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. We got paces hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All facts. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. Weekly drops. This your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Pacer Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast. Happy Thursday, everybody. The Pacers are back in action against the New York Knicks. And joining me before he makes his trip to the Garden is Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, how are we feeling? Oh, I'm feeling good. I'm excited to be there tonight. Living out of market, it's always tough. I miss seeing this team so bad. I can't wait to be there, but I also can't wait to snap this curse. It's got to be It's got to be done tonight. You cannot Dan Campbell it. You cannot pull a Detroit Lions here, Fonchi. I can't. I can't choke this one away. I don't get too many opportunities to break the curse. So you know they're, they're too far and few between. So this this is my night, and this is the Indiana Pacers night to get back on a winning streak. Absolutely. So we've got a fun episode today. We're actually going to preview the month of February here for about ten to fifteen minutes, and we're also going to have on our fans of the week, brought to you by Ripple Bagel and Deli, as well as. Our Pacers trivia, which you guys all love that. So that'll be at the end of the show where we have our competition there. And I will tell you, it does go to another tiebreaker. It's a very interesting one. And we had some fun categories. We talked about Miles Turner. We talked about second round draft picks, I believe. And we also talked about brothers. Brothers that played for the Pacers. That's a fun one right there. But before we get into that, we had some news that we did not bring up on our last episode. Tuesday, before the Pacers played the Boston Celtics, 
Oscar Shibwe, Ben Matherin were announced as participants for the Rising Stars game. Flashy, what do you think about that? I think it's an awesome opportunity uh, for, for both of them. For Matherin, you expect him to be there. I mean, this is a guy that was all rookie first team and, you know, still just, you know, one of the much, one of the premier players of his draft class. For Oscar Shibwe, great opportunity. Great for, for Oscar. Um, I think that that's someone who, uh, you know, obviously was a big college name, really good rebounder. But I think, hey, any, anytime there's extra showcasing for, for the Pacers, you got to be happy about it. Do you like that they bring G League players into this Rising Stars Challenge or no? I do because a, a lot of people don't have an opportunity to watch the G League. So I think that last year I was like, okay, you know, that was my first time really watching like Scoot Henderson. I was like, all right, I'll, I want to see what Scoot's all about. And, and I think that that was, you know, that was good. And I think that right now, I can't remember his name, but, the, you know, what, some of the top draft picks um, are, are in that G League showcase for this year. And uh, I'm excited to, to get that first real look at them. Because I, I pay attention to, you know, the Pacers G League guys, but not not the overall G League players. Yeah, Ron Holland, uh, Bazilis. I don't even know how to say his that, name. I'm that sorry. is the exact guy that I did not want to go there because <laughs> I can't pronounce his name yeah, either. Tyler Smith as well. So you know there are some guys in the G League that are going to be big names in the in the NBA draft coming up. But for me personally, it's just like, wouldn't you rather like give it to guys that are already on rosters in the league? You know, like yeah. let's be fair here. Like Oscar Shibway, great opportunity for him. But what are Jarius Walker's numbers when he's with the Mattiants? That's what I was going to bring up. I mean, at one point, Jarius Walker was averaging, you know, I know he still is. It's like well over 20 points per game, yeah, I believe. Exactly. So it's just like I, I didn't I didn't want to start off by being like, well, yeah, there's Oscar. But what about Jarius? But I, that's where I was going to go with it. It's like, yeah. how does Jarius Walker not make the showcase, especially when it's in Indiana? If you're going to pick one pacer of the group, I just would have expected it would have been Jarius Walker. Yeah, I thought Nimhard might get a nod for the sophomores because it's like if you don't have five to seven G League players and you divvy that up between the sophomores and the freshmen, you know, or the rookies and sophomores, excuse me, does somebody like like an Andrew Nimhard get the nod instead? So wasn't mad about anything. Honestly, I don't care that much about this game. I think it's great for all the guys that get the opportunity to play in it. And, and we got some representation here from Indiana, but just kind of th throwing my thoughts out there like, it used to just be rookie sophomore, and I really enjoyed that battle. And now they've just kind of like tried to make too many changes to it, in my opinion. They've tried to make a lot of changes. They're always trying to tweak All Star Weekend. Like, how do you make it just a, a little bit more competitive, a little bit more entertaining? I don't, I don't even think competitive is the word. I think just different or entertaining is more of that. And I think that, you know, it, it is a, a good way to get familiar with some of the G League prospects that are now going to be, you know, entering the draft and. I think that that is definitely worth something. But, yeah, I had to pull up Jarris Walker's stats. 21.7 points per game, you know, averaging four assists, four boards, you know, over a block and a steal per game, shooting 40% from three. Uh, it just doesn't make it. And I, I think that that's unfortunate because I think that could have been an opportunity for him to really, you know, wow some fans in that game. No, there's no doubt about it. But at least Ben Matherin's there, so hopefully he can – Set the tone and, and really help the Pacers and, and put them on notice because everybody was talking about it on TNT before the game and nobody mentioned Mather. No one said anything about him being someone that could help this team. And I thought that was a little bit disappointing. That was disappointing. And I also just think that sometimes it's, you know, I think 
some of the analysts know the name Benedict Matherin, but I think at times they're they're very surface level with, with the Pacers. You think of Hal Burton and Siakam, and I think that there's a lot of other guys that really don't get their shine. But I think that Ben Matherin is someone that uh, last year I remember in that G League, uh, not the G League showcase, just the rookie sophomores game, it was an opportunity for him to come out there aggressive, and I remember he did. So I think that he'll try and do the same because he's someone that that likes that type of stage. So I'm excited for him. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and get into our preview here of this upcoming schedule of February. It is a shorter schedule for the Indiana Pacers, only 12 games over the next 29 days, which is good for them. There will be an all-star break and a trade deadline involved in this, but we're starting things off today. It is February 1st. The Pacers play at New York, and then they come home and play a back-to-back against Tyrese Halliburton's old team, Sacramento, and then they're back on the road again, Fachi, for the Charlotte Hornets. So, Interestingly enough here, the Pacers play the Knicks twice, the Hornets twice, and the Raptors twice out of these 12 games. So, you know, seeing the Knicks twice is not fun, but I think you feel pretty good about playing Charlotte and Toronto twice. You do. And in this game, the first one against the Knicks, there's going to be no Julius Randle. He suffered a shoulder injury recently. That is a big loss for the Knicks. But this is a Knicks team that you can make an argument is playing some of the best basketball in the league right now. Following their trade for OG, I just think that they've been on fire in January. It's going to be a tough game regardless. Last time the Pacers played the Knicks, the Knicks had made that trade for OG. They were really thin on bodies. Indiana won that game. Uh, It won't be easy, but I do think the Pacers can pick up this win. Not sure what the minute restriction will look like for Tyrese Halliburton, but I think this is a game that is very 50-50. I would obviously selfishly love for the Pacers to win while I'm in the building, but I also do think that they can win this game. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the last episode, but the Knicks have won eight games in a row. So they are playing the best basketball of Mm -hmm. anybody. They're hot right now. They've won nine of their last ten games. So they are – they've been so good since they got OG and Anobi, and they're a team that could also be buyers come trade deadline. They could go out there and get someone like a Bruce Brown, who the Pacers just traded to Toronto a couple of weeks ago, and that could really kind of move the needle for them to just get another perimeter defender out there that fits that tip style. So – Bring Mitchell Robinson back. Isaiah Hartenstein's been playing really good basketball at the five. Last time these two teams met up, it was on December 30th, the day they made the trade for OG and Anobi. So they were limited in who could play, and the Pacers took advantage of that. But I will I will say this. After that game, though Indiana won, Rick Carlisle was livid with the defense the Pacers played in that game. I think DiVincenzo went off for like 37 points. Yeah. Crazy like that. It was a career night for him, and, and it was uh... – it's not what you what you wanted to see because Dante DiVincenzo, um, you know, had, had a good game you know the other night on on Tuesday, but at the same point, he's not someone who's consistently going off for thirty plus. So yeah. that was that was a little bit surprising. And Jalen Brunson's playing great basketball right now. He will be an All Star at one point. It seemed like he could actually be starting in the All-Star game next to Tyrese, but obviously Dame got the nod. So with the Knicks, you don't want to overlook them, even without Julius Randle. But if the Pacers are at full strength and the Knicks aren't, I'm giving that nod to Indiana. Absolutely, Fachi. So I think it's worth noting here, like not for just the month of February, but for the rest of the season, the Pacers have the fourth easiest schedule in the NBA. Their toughest opponents are they play the Knicks twice, which they have them in this month, OKC twice, the Clippers, the Kings, the Cavs twice, and Minnesota. Those not, all feel like yep. games they can win. Exactly. Not easy, but a couple of those, I mean, I would say against the Knicks, you play them twice, I think you could split that. 
Yeah, yeah. OKC is going to be tough. Minnesota is going to be tough. The Cavs, I mean, we've already beaten the Cavs earlier this year. I think that that's those are games that you could split. Um, so, uh, and then I'm- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That leads us into our next game, uh, the Kinks. Yeah. Now, this Pacers team beat Sacramento in Sacramento last time, a game that we weren't too sure they would win. It was without Tyrese Halliburton. So this time around, could we beat the Kings with Halliburton at home? You would definitely think so, but sometimes the way it works out, you just never know. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game, obviously. They're going to want revenge, and I think they're going to remember what happened. But at the same time, it was the Pacers' second unit that beat them. No Aaron Smith was in this game. No Pascal Siakam. No Tyrese Halliburton. They were out there with uh, an underman roster that was pretty much spearheaded by T.J. McConnell, Miles Turner, Ben Matherin. Ben Shepard, Jairus Walker. So, you know, Bruce Brown was not in this game because he was just Delta Toronto, no Jordan Morris. I mean, they were really thin. And I don't think Nimmar played in this game either. So it was he only McConnell not. in this game as the point guard. And Buddy Heald had to play back a point guard with Ben Shepard. So, you know what? The Pacers at full strength against this Sacramento team. You feel pretty good about it just because I think Sacramento's kind of been up and down this year. They're not, to me, the same juggernaut that they were last season. No. So... We'll see what happens in this game, but I feel like Tyrese is going to take this one personal. He's going to want to win this game. You know the Kings are going to be playing tough. Fox and Sabonis are always a dynamic duo that's really tough. If Harrison Barnes gets going, you just never know. Harrison Barnes was very quiet in the previous game. Kevin Herter was killing the Pacers. He was just torching them, so maybe he doesn't have that same night, but Keegan Murray, I've loved what I've seen from him in his second uh, second season. You know, just a young young player that's you know budding into a potential All Star moving forward. So, I just think you can never overlook anybody, but I think the Pacers are going to be up for this game because they know the significance of it for Tyrese and Buddy Hill. Yeah, for everything that you said, if we were able to beat Sacramento at Sacramento with. So many guys out. There's just no way that I can say, well, the Kings, they win this game. There's nothing that points to that. So I think what's going to be good is this the Pacers returning home. However, it is the second game of a back-to-back. Yeah. But at the same point, any other time you'd say, okay, well, you know what? We'll probably play it a little bit safe with Tyrese. The fact that Tyrese missed last game against the Kings this this man's going to be ready. And I don't think mm. he's going to be on want to be on like a 22-minute restriction or anything of that sort. I think by then his minutes will have ramped up. So, yeah, I'm going Pacers. I, I really do think that they win this game. And I, I think that Buddy and Tyrese, they do. Just like you said, take it personally. 
Yeah, and I think one of the most important things here with Tyrese is like, I don't know what his minutes are going to be. I know Rick Carlisle did talk about like, it is important that he does play on the back-to-back just because of what these games mean to him. And they're two tough opponents. So, you know, this week you go against Boston. Then you got to play Sacramento and New York. Like, those are three really solid basketball teams right now, three playoff teams. And once you get past this little hump, it feels like it does get a little bit easier. And so, you know, well, go ahead. Quick, quick thing before we go into that, you know, now obviously Tyrese only has three games that he could right. possibly miss. Do you think for the rest of the season, instead of having him sit, they have him on minute restrictions to be able to be like, hey, look, Here's the thing, like, what what if we do something like that where maybe you're only playing 20 minutes tonight or anything to preserve his chances at All-NBA because it is a big money difference. But at the same point, the Pacers want to do what's right and keep him fresh. Yeah, I think you just kind of take it a game at a time. I don't think you can kind of predict what's going to happen in the future. I think Halliburton against Boston probably could have played 35 minutes and been fine. But I also think they're trying to be careful with this whole thing. So maybe he does play more minutes against New York tonight. We'll see what happens. Maybe he does play more minutes against Sacramento after feeling pretty good. Or maybe they continue to do a 22-minute minutes restriction until he plays the Hornets. And then that's about a week's time. You let him play against Charlotte. And maybe you give him 30 minutes or 28 minutes or whatever. Just slowly and gradually increase the amount of minutes. And maybe they do that against New York. Maybe they play him 25 and then... That's kind of what I'm thinking. 22, yeah. 25, 28, like you're, yeah. you're you're building up as time goes on. I don't think there's a reason to go from 22 minutes uh, restriction against Boston to 35 against the Knicks. That, that to me, doesn't feel like there's a lot of rhyme or reason. So I do think yeah. that this will remain for maybe the next week or so, like you said. Yeah, and maybe even 28 is not that big of a deal. You just add six more minutes to that stretch, and maybe he plays, you know, 14 in the first half, 14 in the second, or whatever, 12 in the first half. 18 or whatever that math would be 16 in the second half, excuse me. So I think there's ways to go about trying to find that right balance there, Fanchi, of just getting him minutes and playing time. And honestly, like having McConnell back will help a lot in terms of like limiting his minutes, because I do think that having Nimhard be the only backup point guard to Tyrese in the game against Boston did make it a little bit harder because you could have used TJ McConnell's just you know, energy that he brings and just the way he gets into the paint and gets open looks for guys like they were missing that because Nimhart doesn't always do that. And McConnell plays a little bit more fast than, or he plays faster than Andrew Nimhart does. So that's going to keep an eye on there, but I do want to move on to the next game here against the Hornets because look, this Hornets team, they just traded Terry Rozier to, uh, to the Miami heat for Kyle, Kyle Lowry, who they, I think they're buying out uh, if they haven't yeah. already. So they're um, working on it. Yeah. So they're working on some kind of agreement there with him. Like you mentioned earlier, Gordon Hayward, what's the status going to be with him? Are they even going to be at full strength? So they're a team to keep an eye on, but you can never overlook those type of teams because the Pacers this season notoriously have played down to the level of their competition. So while I do look at the strength of schedule, they've also gotten up for the big games. So now that they're kind of taking their foot off the gas a little bit and playing some of these teams that are 10 and 35 or whatever, are they going to pull off these victories? Are they going to play the end of their competition and get themselves caught in a track meet and lose a game by two points. It's funny that we've come this far because it felt like for about three weeks, maybe a month, all we could, anytime something went wrong and went, well, we should have beat Charlotte. And you know what? <laughs> Here we are. It's like, I totally forgot. I haven't heard that in a while, but yeah, that, that was like, what should felt like one of the, <laughs> exactly. But it felt like that was one of the major low points 
of the season. LaMelo Ball chooses to play the best defense of his life when it mattered most against Halliburton. One possession. <laughs> One possession, and that, that's what it was. They get the win, but this this Hornets team, they right now, they, they stink. And I just feel like there was a video going around. It was going viral of just they're getting crushed by the Knicks and just LaMelo and James Booknight and someone else. They were just laughing it up, and it just felt like this is a just an immature Hornets team that has lost so many games that it just doesn't even affect them anymore. So yeah. I think the Pacers this time around, they're going to remember that loss to the Hornets, and they're going to be like, hey, you know what? we got to go out there. we got to handle business. And the Hornets, they won three games in the month of January, just three. And uh, I, I just felt that, you know, two of those games or one of those games was against San Antonio, one was against Sacramento, and then randomly Minnesota. So it's all over the place, but I think the, the cat Pacers, game, it, it, the cat game. Yep, exactly. <laughs> 60 plus points in a loss. Very interesting. But I think that by that, by now, when, when that uh, Charlotte game happens, how will that team look? You know, who, who's available? We don't know, but you imagine that this is a team that's going to be sellers until the trade deadline, which is fastly approaching. You talk about Carl Anthony town, 62 points. Kentucky Wildcat took a loss. Devin Booker, Kentucky Wildcat, 62 points and a loss. It's true. Being a Kentucky Wildcat and scoring 62 points, I guess it's not a good sign. So Not, not a good move in the NBA these days. So, uh, you know, while the, you might think that does it, it ain't doing the trick anymore. Maybe the Pacers let P.J. Washington score 62 points. If it'll get us a win, let them get 70. You know, but I know uh, they got to stop at 62. It's part I, of the I, guess, I guess that that's, that's true. That's true. Let them stop get seven dot at 62. But um, <laughs> I guess it makes us feel better knowing that they do have a Kentucky Wildcat on that team. But man, just, just real quick. I brought up James book night. It's just like, I haven't been seeing a guy that, that produced like less like this in NBA in quite some time. I remember years ago, there was a smidge of time. There's uh, uh, maybe a couple of days where I was like, the Pacers get James Book night, and it's like it's just like he's buried at the end of the bench. And uh, I, I just think for, no, he, he's he's not, and it's going to be interesting to see if he gets a second contract in the NBA. But regardless, hey, I'm not here to you know stomp all over Charlotte. I, I think that they got they got a lot of young talent that I don't think they've been able to really uh develop, but I think that this is now at this point in the season. This Pacers team has to get up for those type of games. And I, I just feel that they have taken enough, enough lumps and bruises against inferior competition that I feel confident they will beat Charlotte this time around. All right. Instead of going through the rest of the schedule here, we're going to be able to talk about these games, you know, as we continue talking about the next couple of weeks and we do this daily. So I'm just kind of going to go through it real quick. We have 12 games, Fachi. Uh, right. We talked about the first three. There's obviously nine left. Uh, you're at home against Houston, at home against Golden State, on the road again against New York, and then against Charlotte, and then Toronto. Hit the All-Star break, come home for a four-game homestand against Detroit, Dallas, Toronto, and New Orleans. In these 12 games, Flatchy, what is your prediction for the Pacers record? I mean, I, I'd have to go through them, unfortunately, individually. Uh, I, I just feel that uh, this is a very winnable schedule. When I look at all of this, there's only a couple games that really stand out. Dallas, I mean, hey, that, that's a complete toss-up uh, in there. I think New Orleans is 50-50. I think the Pacers, out of, out of 12 games, I would say they could very well could go 8-4. and four. 
I think nine and three is a real possibility. Which one are you it picking? Feels, it, uh, I'm going to go eight and four. It feels more realistic to me than nine and three. All right, I'll go nine and three. <laughs> okay, all right. I think I they mean, split with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So do I. I think they probably lose to Dallas. Okay. In a close one. And I think there's going to be one that we're going to be mad they lose. And it could be, it could be the Raptors, but I'm not going to predict that because I think Siakam's going to get revenge in this February 14th Valentine's Day game. Pascal Ooh. Siakam makes his return to Toronto. Could that be a trap game because he has an emotional moment there? We've seen it happen before, but I'll say they lose to the Mavericks. I think they're going to split with the Knicks, and I think the Rockets beat them. I think the Rockets shock them. Yeah, the Rockets could. I mean, still a good defensive team. Uh, I think they've they've had a little bit of a roller coaster of a season. And I think that I, I do think the reason why they beat Golden State is because it's right around the deadline time. And I just feel that Golden State's going to be a team that's going to make some moves. Maybe they're a little bit thin at that time. So I, I think that that's anytime you see Golden State on paper, you fear them a little bit more than you probably should because they are struggling. Right Do now. we fear this Golden State team this year? I don't. I don't. I don't. But anytime Golden State's on on the calendar, I think you always go, oh, and then it's like, no, you know what? I think things are different this year. They they gotta they gotta get it together real quick because they're that yeah. team right now. They're not even playing territory. Mm-hmm. So that that says a lot. But when you're talking about playing Detroit and Charlotte twice and Toronto twice, I mean, this is a big opportunity for the Pacers. I think if the Pacers can go eight and four or nine and three, they could really cement themselves as trying to be a top six team come playoff time. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, we're already a top six team. Yeah, but that's not a given. I think the month of February, you handle business, you could avoid being a playing team. You know, obviously there's still more of the season to play, but this this month, very winnable. Eight and four put them at, I believe, 35. And 27, Fachi. That would be interesting. I think that's right. Maybe I'm wrong. What'd you say? Eight and four, excuse me. Eight yep. and four. Mm-hmm. Sorry, eight and four put them at 35 and 25. So 10 yep. games above yep. 500. That's right. It's pretty good to me. I mean, woo-hoo. you know, 35 wins. Uh, I think at, the, at that point, the Pacers were projected to win, I want to say about 37 and a half, 38 games, whatever it was, just all season. So yeah. I just feel that uh, th- this Pacers team has an opportunity at the end of the year to be, you know, maybe upwards of 45 wins. And I think that that would be a drastic improvement from last year. And that would still give you 22 games to try to get to 45 wins, which would only mm-hmm. mean, you know, 10 of your next 22 you have to win to get to 45. That feels pretty good. I mean, maybe maybe 9-3, and 8-4 and four is a little optimistic. You know, maybe 7-5 maybe and five is more realistic, but... Regardless, I think if the Pacers can get on a roll here, they're going to be playing some really good basketball. The month of March is a little bit more tough, but we'll get to that in a little bit a little bit later down the yeah. road. So let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we will bring on our fans of the week. Ripple Bagel and Deli is the home of Indy's original steamed bagel sandwich. It's located in the heart of Broad Ripple, and they're family-owned and operated, proudly serving their customers for over 20 years. They pride themselves on quick casual dining with over 100 different steamed bagel sandwich options. It truly is a staple in Indianapolis and a can't miss breakfast and lunch spot. Ripple Bagel and Deli offers a great friends and family atmosphere where you're always welcome to dine in and be a part of the family 
or feel free to bypass any weight by conveniently ordering and paying for carryout ahead of time at RippleBagelDeli.com. Ripple Bagel and Deli also offers best-in-class catering anytime, anywhere, with a long list of customers ranging anywhere from law firms to drug reps to several different sports-related clients, including Butler, IUPUI, the Indianapolis Colts, and several visiting NFL teams. They pride themselves on their ability to satisfy all of your catering needs, no matter the occasion or event, and will customize your order, provide competitive pricing, and always deliver on time. Ripple Bagel Deli, the home of Indy's original steamed bagel sandwich. Before we get into trivia, I want to let everybody know that there is some background noise for the first couple of minutes of our trivia that is eventually taken care of. So want to give you guys a heads up. There's no way of editing this out, but there is some like bird chirping in the background for you a little bit. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up before we get into trivia, but still hope you guys enjoy the episode and uh, enjoy the trivia with us. We really appreciate it. All right, everybody, we are back and we are here for some Pacers trivia and our fan of the week segment brought to you by Ripple Bagel and Deli. Home of the Setting the Pace Sandwich. If you haven't got it, make sure you stop on by Broad Ripple and get that sandwich. We got Chase. We got Aaron Chase. How's it going, man? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, how about yourself? I am doing fantastic. It's a wonderful Thursday, so we are living life. The week is almost over. But Aaron, how's it going for you, man? Doing well. Doing well. Had a great weekend. Good week so far. Love to hear that. Fachi, I know we're getting excited here. You want to tell the people what three categories we're going to be doing today for trivia? All right, so for trivia today, we are always switching it up. But the categories today, Miles Turner uh, is one category. And then Pacers' second-round draft picks will be another. And then followed by the final category, Brothers. All right, that's an interesting one there. I like the Brothers. It's a nice change of pace. Believe it or not, there have been brothers that have played for the Pacers. So that is exciting. But we're going to go ahead and uh, start things off with Chase. The category is Miles Turner. I'm curious. Do you want to have Fachi ask you the first question or myself? Hmm. I'm going to have Fachi ask me the first question. All right. Good choice there, Chase. So first question uh, on the Miles first Turner category. Right <laughs> what year was Miles Turner drafted by the Indiana Pacers? Now, there is it a was... hint. Oh, you don't have to have the hint, but there are also choices. So... You tell me. You feeling bold, or do you want the choices in the hint? I think I know it. What he was got? drafted in 2015. Final answer? Final answer. All right. Coming out the gates with a statement that is correct. Nice job, Chase. That was a 2015 draft. Pick 11. Uh, hey, good times. Turner still with the Pacers. I, I think it's safe to say we made the right pick. All right, Aaron. Oh. Uh, are you ready for your question? I'm ready to go. Okay, so this one might be a little bit more difficult. I, I won't lie, but we'll uh, we'll try to help you out here. We have a pretty good hint to help with this answer. So, question. Miles Turner has tied his career high for blocks in a game three times. He did it against the Hornets first, the Knicks next, and most recently against the Rockets in 2021. How many blocks is Turner's career high? Now, there is a hint. The answer Sorry. is the same as Justin Holiday's jersey number when he was in Indiana. Uh, I believe that was eight. Eight blocks. And, eight. Uh, yeah. Eight blocks, is that your final answer? Final answer. That is correct, Fachi. So we have a tie right now, 1-1. One, one. 
one one things are getting a little spicy some could say spicy p you know uh you know courtesy of uh pascal siakam being on the pacers now we'll see but going to round two you know let's see who do we want to start with that uh, i guess we'll, we'll go with chase and see we'll go back to aaron wants. go back to aaron okay all right aaron who would you like to ask you uh this next question uh, let's change it up i'll go with Fashi. all right worked out for chase let's see how it works out for you pacers second round draft picks here's the question this second round pick was selected in 2015 and is the cousin of Paul George. Now, there is a hint before the choices. Would you like the hint? You don't need it? No. What do you got? Joe Young, of course. Final answer? Summer League MVP in my eyes, Joe Young. Hey, Joe Young is correct. That man was putting up some big-time numbers. I believe in China a couple years ago was averaging like well over 40 had Pacer fans taking a second look saying, you know, well, what do we do? But, uh, you know, I he hasn't made his NBA return since. But great job. Joe Young was the correct answer. So, hey, Aaron, you were going two for two. Uh, Chase, see what you got. All right. righty, Chase. Do you know much about second-round draft picks by the Pacers? Um, Older ones, not really. I know a little bit about the recent ones but oh this is gonna be tough then so just buckle up and listen carefully the pacers took this player in the 2009 nba draft in the second round who wasn't here is your hint he played his college basketball at uconn with kimba walker i'll give you three choices is it a stanley robinson b a j price or C, Jeremy Lamb? I believe it's uh, Jeremy Lamb, final answer. Jeremy Lamb, final answer? Yep. All right, Fachi, that is incorrect. The second round pick we do Chase should have picked was who? A.J. Price. Alex has had a, a soft spot for A.J. for quite some time over the years. His name just yes, came I up have. time to time. Had a bad ACL injury at one point. But, you know, A.J. Price, hey, at one point – he was he was solid, but uh, just just didn't really work out in the league. But nonetheless, uh, Jeremy Lamb did go to UConn, so you know that that was the you know I could see where that train of thought was. And I, and to be fair, I believe Stanley Robinson went to UConn as well, but he, he was not been. really drafted. It, I don't think. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah. Go We're on moving to on to brothers, and I think Chase is up now. Mm -hmm. So you're zero for one with me, one for one with Fachi. You need to keep, answer this one correctly to stay alive. Would you want to go back to me or you want to go with Fachi again? I think I have to go Fachi here. Um, hey, I respect your wishes. So for the brothers category, here is the question. And Chase, you need this. So these two brothers played for the Pacers, but not at the same time. The older brother of the two signed in free agency in the summer of 2007. The younger brother was acquired on draft night in 2008 via trade with the Portland Trailblazers. Who are they? Now, here are the choices. A, Fred Jones and James Jones. B, Marshall Plumley and Miles Plumley. C, Stephen Graham and Joey Graham. Or D, Kareem Rush and Brandon Rush. Hmm, this is a tough one. I think I'm going to go option D, final answer. Final answer we're sticking with? Yep, final answer. That is correct. Back against the wall. You responded, Chase. Great job with the Rush brothers. There was actually a third 
Rush brother. Never made it to the NBA, but he was good. I know he played at UCLA. I'm blanking on his Jaron Rush or something like that. But anyway, hey, talented group of brothers, but great job, Chase. And uh, things get interesting now, Aaron. Let's see what you got. All right. We're, we're sticking with our brothers, so this will be a fun one here. These two brothers played for the Pacers at the same time. One was a standout in the ACC and drafted by the Pacers in the first round. The other signed in free agency and played in the SEC before transferring to the Big East. Who are they? Is it A, Aaron Holiday and Justin Holiday? B, Tyler Hansborough and, and Ben Hansborough? Like, wow, I cannot talk. And Ben Hansborough. <laughs> C, Dell Davis and Antonio Davis. Or D, Kenny Williams and Michael Williams. Uh, that is A, the Holiday Brothers. Final answer. Final answer. That is incorrect. What? One was a standout in the ACC. Oh, a little that bit of a trick question. Mm. Aaron Holiday, you know who the standout UCLA. was in the ACC? Yeah, I don't remember. North Carolina, Tyler oh, Hansborough. He was like, oh, that's right. He was like the player of the decade, I, I believe. <laughs> so he was, uh, he was a uh, oh, you know target legend for sure. So we've got ourselves a tiebreaker, Faji. We do. I mean, just when things got real, you know, you, you thought maybe Aaron was going to run away with it. Chase claws his way back, and we're all tied up. Go into the tiebreaker. Alex, do you want to tell them the rules? All right. Here are the rules. We have three questions for you guys. I need you guys to, like, get your phones and type your three answers out. Uh, when I read these questions to you, and then we will review and see who got them right. Who is the only player... To wear number 37 in Pacers history. He was on the team recently. If you can get this, just put it down and we'll keep it moving to the next question. Who was the last Pacer to wear number one? Name the last Pacer to wear number one since the player you just wrote down. And let me know when you're done. I'm done. All right. I'm done. Okay. So our answers are locked in, Fachi. Go ahead and read the first question and give him the answer. All right. So who is the only player to wear number 37 in Pacers history? It is former two-way contract, Amita Brima. Uh, not a not really a household name, not a guy that <laughs> logged a lot of minutes for the Pacers, and a very interesting number in itself. Not sure when we'll see that one again. So I would imagine maybe no one got that one. Yeah, I did not get yeah, that one. Know. So what was your guess? I said Nate Hitton. Okay. I think, uh, throwback name. Lavoy was it Lavoy Allen? Uh, yeah, he was number five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I respect it though. Okay. Lavoy Lavoy Allen. Fun fact: that was the guy who was involved in the Danny Granger trade as well you know, with Evan Turner. Everybody always forgets about. You know, everybody always remembers Evan Turner, but Lavoy Allen. He played longer with the Pacers, and you know, I thought he was better. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, hey, we can go down that wormhole of Evan Turner another time. But who was the last Pacer to wear number one? That was T.J. Warren. Did anybody get that one? Yes. I did not. I misinterpreted the question and <laughs> accidentally wrote down Obi Toppin. Okay. Okay. Oh. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right. Well, then lastly, name the last Pacer to wear number one. 
said since TJ Warren, but I believe before TJ Warren. Correct? Is that what you meant? Yeah, Alex? before TJ yes, Warren. Exactly. Okay. The answer? Lance Stevenson. Did anybody get that one? That's what I put. I put well, TJ Warren. Ah, okay. All right. Well, I know you can't see, but it's there. <laughs> I believe you. We, we we trust the honor code around here. So yeah. given that situation, Aaron, that would be the tiebreaker for you and the win. But this was this was a good battle that came down to the tiebreaker. Not every uh battle has been like that. So I think you guys both deserve, you know, a, a good uh I would say a rounding applause, but we're not going to clap in front of the microphone, but we want to give you guys your props, you know, good, good job to both of you. I do feel a little bad chase because we did not specify that Obi Toppin would not count since he technically wears number one. But since Aaron interpreted the question correctly, I think we have to give it to him, but it's definitely understandable why there was a, maybe a technicality there that could have caused it to not be right. So chase be on the lookout for a redemption return to the podcast for some uh trivia because we have another player that also was really good down to the wire and i think it was james that ended up missing like one trivia or one tiebreaker we had to go like a double tiebreaker and he missed it so we might have to have you two go against each other for a redemption trivia i feel bad about that just because i wasn't super specific with my uh with my question but to aaron's defense he did get it right Fachi. so i feel like we have to honor that I agree. I agree. Hey, you know what? Maybe it's a technicality, whatever it is. I, I think that Aaron did deserve that win. But Chase, I don't think this is the last that we've seen of you. So we, we look forward to having you back. And, uh, you know, I'd say never say never because this competition lives on. Yeah, no, it was fun. Misinterpreted the question at the end, but Aaron got it right. So I got to give him his props. Aaron, Chase, we really appreciate having, having both you guys on. And, uh, Sounds like we look forward to having the both of you back on in the near future. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, it was great. I, I may need a rematch in the future, though. I worked out that way. On you we'll out, see. Aaron. It <laughs> does sound like a future showdown right there. So, hey, we will see. But to the both of you, you know, we definitely appreciate uh, you know the support that you've shown this show uh, over the years, and obviously, you guys know your stuff. I mean, great job to the both of you. Once again, I want to thank Aaron and Chase so much for their contributions to Pacers Trivia here on the Fan of the Week segment. And we want to let you guys know where you can find us at on social media. So we're on Instagram and TikTok at PacersPodSTP. I'm at AlexGoldenNBA, Fox is at underscore F-A-C-C-I. Find us on Facebook and on TikTok at SettingThePace. Go to YouTube.com slash SettingThePace, a Pacers podcast, and leave us a five-star rating and review if you love what you're listening to. So want to thank you all so much for this. We'll be back tomorrow. I Pacers, Derek Kramer is joining me to recap the Pacers versus the Knicks. And Fachi will be in the building. He will be in the garden. Can he break the curse? If he does, there might be a special video message from Fachi. But if not, Fachi will probably crawl into a hole and wait until he has another chance at redemption. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening. And let's go Pacers.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 